Hey guys, this is Durden from the Lefinity Discord. Today in part five, we're going to be um, taking a big picture view of Lefinity. Uh, we're going to look at all the parts that we've talked about so far and see how they fit together. And also we'll be making some comparisons with other protocols. So let's get started. All right, so the first thing is I created a TLDR for the Lefinity tokenomics. Um, I tried to condense it as much as possible. So I'm just going to read it. Users can lock up Lefinity tokens for VE Lefinity, which decays and unlocks linearly. Lefinity sells VE Lefinity for LP tokens to permanently own the liquidity it provides. VE Lefinity holders vote for the pools where Lefinity tokens are sold as VE Lefinity for LP tokens. Protocols can bribe VE Lefinity holders to vote for emissions to be allocated to their pool. And revenue is distributed to VE Lefinity holders and used for Lefinity token buybacks. So that's as short as I could make it, but even then there are definitely parts that um, that doesn't cover. But yeah, if you're ever looking to give a summary to someone, that might be the best way. <laughs> All right, so next, let's talk about what exactly BE Lefinity holders will be governing. So let's talk about DAOs. Um, DAOs right now are um, often not so great. Uh, participation tends to be low. Um, oftentimes the token holders uh, don't have a good understanding of the protocols that they're governing. And also often um, decisions are made by a small group of token holders, those with um, the vast majority of the voting power. And finally, uh, most people just don't care. They, they only care when there is a financial incentive to participate in the governance. Now, Lefinity, ultimately, we do want to become fully decentralized, but this is not easy to do. And it's especially not easy to do right from the start. And so we want to be realistic and we recognize that it's going to be a gradual process. Um, so the way we're thinking of handling governance is at the beginning, Lefinity, the Lefinity team itself will decide which um, decisions will be put up for a vote and which ones won't. Um, so I want to give you guys an idea of which kinds of decisions we intend to put up for a vote and which kinds we don't. So the gist of what BE Lefinity holders will be voting on is basically anything that involves money. So to give two examples, one is the perhaps the most important one, which is where do the Lefinity emissions go to? Which pools do they go to? Um, this is extremely valuable because other protocols will be willing to bribe for that privilege, as we explained in part three. So obviously we believe that VE Lefinity holders should be able to vote on this. Another is um, our treasury of Lefinity tokens. Um, the, the default use for these tokens will be to acquire more protocol-owned liquidity. But in the future, we may come up with um, other uses for these tokens. Um, but of course, if we 
release more tokens into the circulating supply that will uh, directly affect other Lifinity holders or VE Lifinity holders. And therefore I think, or we think, it's important that um, VE Lifinity holders have a say in um, how we use those tokens. Um, and so what about the things we do not plan to um, have VE Lifinity holders vote on? Uh, these would mainly be things that we think um, our developers are much better equipped to govern than um, users of the protocol. So for example, um, the emission schedule of our Lifinity tokens for acquiring protocol-owned liquidity, um, what new pools to add, and um, the various parameters governing our DEX for example, the uh, trading fees, concentration, and rebalancing factor for each pool. Um, these are the kinds of things that our developers look at every day and have spent considerable amount of time optimizing by tweaking the parameters. And so, yeah, we think they are better equipped to make these decisions. And also we just think um, most users aren't going to be interested in um, governing these things either. So yeah, that is the overall basic approach that we plan to take. Um, finally, we want to make it clear that um, just because we don't put something up for a vote, it doesn't mean that we don't uh, value users' input. And quite to the contrary, we recognize that if you don't listen to your users, your protocol is not going to succeed. And so, yeah, we just want to make it absolutely clear that if our users think there is some way that our decks can be improved. Um, we, we definitely want to hear from our users and we will do our best to listen to our users um, and all the ideas that they're able to come up with. So please do not withhold your criticism and feedback. All right, so next, let's see how Lifinity compares to various other protocols. First, let's compare with Olympus. Now, first of all, the two protocols are fundamentally different in that Olympus is a reserve currency, whereas Lifinity is a DEX. So let's just compare the part that is similar, which is uh, the two ways that uh, the protocols acquire protocol-owned liquidity. So with Olympus, it sells uh, bonds of tokens or LP tokens. Uh, what Lifinity does differently is that it sells VE Lifinity uh, for LP tokens. Now what this enables us to do is that uh, with Olympus you, you only have one input when you're making the purchase and that is how many LP tokens are you providing. But with VE Lifinity there's another input and that is how long do you intend to lock up your uh, Lifinity tokens for. And what this enables us to do is that we can reward those who lock their Lifinity tokens for longer by giving them a greater discount um, on their VE Lifinity. And uh, so this encourages people to lock their tokens for longer. Um, and that is to the benefit of the protocol. Another difference is that um, in the Olympus model, the discount on the um, bonded tokens uh, never stops increasing. 
um, and this can lead to very large discounts. Um, for example, I've personally seen um, a discount that is as high as 60%. And note that this is not an APY, this is an ROI. So you can, you, I, I saw a token for which you could get a 60% discount just for locking for seven days. Um, which is ginormous. If you turn that into an APY, it would be a very, very large number. <laughs> so with Lefinity, we um, flip the priorities. So basically that the, the Olympus's method, basically what it's saying is we want to acquire liquidity at any cost, no matter the discount. Our number one priority is to um, acquire liquidity as fast as possible. And that's why the discounts keep increasing. Uh, what Lefinity is doing is different in that we cap the maximum discount. So once the discount reaches that cap, it will not increase beyond that. It'll just stay at that cap. So what that method is saying is we do want to acquire more protocol-owned liquidity, but we also recognize that uh, when a discount goes beyond a certain level, um, that's diluting other holders to an unhealthy degree. Um, and so at that point, it's just not worth acquiring more liquidity. And so we keep the discount at that level. Um, and if no one wants to buy, that's fine. We'll just wait until a buyer does appear. And so these two mechanisms I just explained, these are important because um, if you look at protocol-owned liquidity as a service, um, there are many people who are looking to perform an arbitrage where um, they, they buy the token. So often what you see is uh, protocols are selling bonds of their own token for LP tokens that contain their token. So what people will do is they will um, say they own that protocol's token. They will sell half of it for USDC. Then they'll pair it with the other half of their protocol's token to create LP tokens. And then they will bond those LP tokens and get uh, more of the protocol's token than they started with. And they continually repeat this process. And the consequence is that um, there's just a lot of sell pressure on the token because these holders are continually or repeatedly selling half of their tokens on the market um, so they can create more LP tokens. Um, and so they end up with more of those tokens, which is great for them. But whoever's not performing this arbitrage um, is, is basically the loser in this exchange because they just see a bunch of uh, sell pressure for their um, token that they hold. And so we are preventing this arbitrage um, through the above two mechanisms that we mentioned. And finally, um, in Olympus's model, when you buy bonds of tokens, there's nothing you can do with those bonds. Um, they only become useful when the tokens locked in the in the bonds 
become unlocked. Then you have access to the tokens. Um, a difference with Lefinity's model is that because you're receiving BE Lefinity rather than bonds, um, you immediately have utility upon the purchase because VE Lefinity gives you access to uh, protocol revenue and also to bribes, not to mention um, voting power in general uh, for those who want to participate in governance. So it makes um, the trade more attractive. Uh, instead of having to wait for the tokens to unlock, to have some utility, you get um, the full utility of VE Lefinity right from the moment that you make the purchase. All right, so next let's talk about how Lefinity compares to Curve. So the main difference with Curve is that Curve has liquidity mining, so it uses its own CRV token as emissions. And uh, people are incentivized to provide liquidity to Curve's pools because they receive um, Curve token rewards. And uh, those who hold VECRV are able to direct where those Curve token emissions go. Now, a problem with this is that the DEX itself never becomes self-sufficient. It's always reliant on the liquidity providers to provide that liquidity. And for that reason, it can never stop these emissions. If these incentives just go away, then the liquidity providers lose that incentive to provide the liquidity, so they will withdraw their liquidity. And there's a similar dynamic at play for the protocols who are doing the bribing. Um, as long as they are bribing uh, their pools, their pools will receive curved token emissions and liquidity providers will be incentivized to provide liquidity for them. But as soon as they stop the bribing, then the, the yield on those pools goes down and as a consequence, the liquidity providers leave. And so if they want to maintain liquidity for their pools, they'll have to keep uh, bribing for them uh, in perpetuity. So this is what it looks like when the liquidity is dependent on liquidity mining. And what Lefinity does differently is that one thing is we seek to own the liquidity we provide. Uh, what this does is that means the liquidity provided, if it's owned by the DEX, that means it's no longer beholden to liquidity providers. It's not dependent on the revenue that, or the API, APY rather, that that pool is able to provide. And so that makes the liquidity stable. And um, whereas when you have liquidity mining, um, another thing that makes it uh, unstable is the price of the token itself. So if the price of curve tokens is high, then for the same number of tokens emitted to a pool, um, the APY will be um, pretty large. But if the price of the token goes down, uh, even while the number of tokens emitted to the pool stays the same, that means the APYs will be lower. And so basically the liquidity will follow to a certain degree the price of the token. Um, but again, Lefinity is able to avoid this because it will own uh, its own liquidity. 
And further, when you have liquidity mining, um, these rewards, uh, they often don't last. Um, I, I think Curve's emission schedule is extremely long, like hundreds of years or something. <laughs> so in that sense, like it's probably not an issue. But uh, as you often see with other protocols, uh, liquidity mining programs do not last forever because um, protocols don't have uh, infinite treasuries. And so they usually end after a while. And then the liquidity for their pools just dries up. Um, but because the yield we generate is based purely on trading activity, we don't use token rewards, inflationary token rewards. Um, that means our yield is also sustainable. And probably most importantly, we don't have to dilute our token holders to um, just to have liquidity. Uh, because we own the liquidity, uh, it's always there. And yeah, this is the significant upside of not uh, doing any liquidity mining. And another consequence of owning our own liquidity is that we don't have to direct the majority of the trading fees to liquidity providers. And instead, the protocol itself is able to keep 100% of those trading fees. And then we can just pass it on to VE Lifinity holders. So it's also great from the token holders perspective because they simply are able to be more profitable. Now, just to mention one final difference uh, from Curve is that um, Curve has this concept of boosts where if you want to receive the maximum rewards as a liquidity provider, you need to own a certain amount of um, Curve and or VECRV. And uh, so what this practically does is it kind of creates um, certain levels of liquidity providers where if you have enough VECRV, then you can get the max boost. Um, but if you have none, then you get no boost and you get less rewards compared to others. And this um, resulted in a protocol coming in called Convex, where they would aggregate um, holders as VECRV so that people could more easily uh, have a max boost for their um, liquidity, um, which sounds great. But the downside is that Convex takes um, quite a large fee. I believe it is 16%. And so it's kind of like a rent seeker on top of Curve. What would have been better if would be if Curve um, implemented this functionality this functionality natively, so that um, and they just offer it for free, then there would be no rent seeker. Um, it would have probably been more efficient as well. Um, but so with Lafinity, there are no rewards to boost. Um, there is no boosting. Um, it, your rewards only depend on how much liquidity you provide. And so there's no need for an aggregation protocol. And we also have the uh, X-Lifinity that we explained in part two, um, which creates a fungible version of four-year locked VE-Lifinity, or a transferable version, rather. 
uh, which is also something, a, a function that convex provides for a curve. Um, so yeah, we, we have these uh, functionalities implemented natively, or it's just not necessary as with the boosts. So yeah, in that sense, Lifinity is more self-sufficient than Curve. All right, so finally, let's see how Lifinity compares to other DEXs on Solana. So Lifinity basically tries to take the best parts of the two major types of uh, AMMs, which are constant product AMMs. And the good part about those is that you can be a lazy liquidity provider. You basically just deposit your liquidity and there's no need to make any adjustments, or indeed there are no adjustments that you can make. Um, and then it also takes what's good from Uniswap v3 style protocols, um, which are known for concentrating liquidity. Uh, but the downside of the v3 uh, style protocols is that um, you, you need to constantly adjust your liquidity if you want to maximize your profitability. Um, as prices um, change, you need to change the point around where you concentrate your liquidity. Um, so you can't be a lazy LP, basically. So Lifinity has both of these things. You just deposit your assets. There's no need to make any adjustments, and yet you're able to concentrate your liquidity. And it even adds a, a additional benefit on top of that, which is because it uses an Oracle, um, it's able to buy low and sell high. So the practical consequence of this is that it not only reduces impermanent loss, it'll most often eliminate it entirely and in fact, reverse it to make a profit from market making. So this creates, or first of all, deletes um, a source of um, negative re revenue and then changes it into a source of positive revenue in addition to the trading fees. Uh, Lifinity takes a pretty aggressive approach when it comes to liquidity providers. Normally, liquidity providers are incentivized with liquidity mining rewards. We just get rid of those completely and in fact, we reduce the share of fees that liquidity providers receive as a pool's liquidity approaches the target liquidity. You can read more about that in part four. Um, and the reason we're able to take this relatively aggressive approach is precisely because the reasons mentioned above where it's the things that make us profitable. Um, because we have this organic source of yield, uh, even without liquidity mining, um, it makes it more attractive to provide liquidity on our platform um, because of the high yield and because you're um, avoiding impermanent loss. Additionally, since our rewards are purely in the form of uh, LP tokens, uh, rather than in like uh, token rewards as you would have in liquidity mining, this means that if you want to um, compound your earnings, there's no need to, for example, sell half of your liquidity mining token reward for the other token in the LP token. 
and then create an LP token and then deposit and then stake or whatever. Um, it basically just stays in the pool or in other words, it's basically self-compounding. And additionally, um, so in, in addition to being able to avoid those trading fees that you would have, um, you can also avoid the fees of auto compounding, compounding platforms. So for people who um, don't want to have to do that repeatedly every day, they can just deposit their LP tokens on auto compounding platforms that'll do it for them. But the downside of that is that these platforms charge a fee, something like 10%. Um, so you're able to avoid all these fees. So in the end, this means um, more yield for you as a liquidity provider. Finally, a significant difference um, of Lifinity compared to other DEXs is that uh, we look to own the liquidity that we provide. And this creates um, a moat that's very difficult to fork. Um, while other exchanges will definitely um, often have very high APYs through liquidity mining. Um, these liquidity mining programs don't last. They always come to an end. Um, and when they do, and the only source of yield becomes the trading, that's when Lifinity will shine and it'll be able to produce the highest yield because Lifinity market makes in the most efficient way. So what's the end game for Lifinity then? Lifinity will start off by using its treasury of Lifinity tokens to acquire more protocol-owned liquidity. Um, but as you know, all of Lifinity's pools will have a target liquidity. So Lifinity won't be looking to um, constantly increase liquidity for all of its pools. At some point, um, pools will fill up and then we'll move on to the next pool um, to acquire liquidity for it. Um, but it's possible that at one point we just reach the ideal capacity for all the pools that we have. Um, in that case, there is no longer any need to acquire liquidity. And so at that point, we can probably start using um, our revenue in a different way. Um, for example, we could buy back the Lifinity and then just burn it because it's no longer necessary. Um, and there's also the question of, will we need to use all the Lifinity in our treasury um, to acquire liquidity? Maybe we reach that peak liquidity um, before we use up all the Lifinity in our treasury. And in that case, there's a question of what to do with that remaining Lifinity. It could be burned, or if we can think of other productive ways that we can use Lifinity that um, the VE Lifinity holders agree to, then it could be used in other ways. Um, obviously, now we're talking out like pretty far into the future, so um, <laughs> it's kind of speculative, but yeah, that's how we um, ideally see it play out. All right, so just to give a summary of um, the protocol, Lifinity, and the other players involved, um, we, we believe 
investors win because they get paid to vote, they earn a share of the protocol's revenue, and the protocol continually buys back Lifinity. Other protocols win because Lifinity subsidizes the acquisition of permanent liquidity for their tokens. And Lifinity wins because it gradually distributes Lifinity to a wide user base, Lifinity gets locked up, and it becomes autonomous by owning increasingly more liquidity. So basically we believe that um, Lifinity creates a win-win-win situation, not just for Lifinity and those who invest in it, but also for other protocols, um, which we think is um, pretty unique. So that's it for part five. In the final part of this series, we'll be releasing the details of our token allocation, our BEIDO, and our roadmap. So until then, stay tuned. Thanks for listening.